0: You can go ahead and open your Bible tonight to Mark chapter 12. Before we get there, though, I want to tell you a little bit of a story about a man by the name of Peter Gardiner. And some of you are like, I have no idea who that is. Peter Gardiner is a man that has had probably one of the greatest men, is a man that has probably impacted my life more than anyone else, maybe. Any human on earth that has impacted my life more than anyone else. Not only is uh, Peter Gardiner my grandfather, but he's also the person that taught me to love Duke basketball. If any of you know me, you know one of my f- biggest passions in life is Duke basketball. Peter Gardiner is that guy that passed that on to me, that taught me my love for Duke basketball. He also taught me something that if a, jo- if a job is worth doing, this is one of his favorite sayings, that if a job is worth doing, then do it well. Meaning don't do anything halfway. That if it's worth doing, then do it well. He also passed on other things. He passed on things like stubbornness and the willingness not to say no. He passed on good things and bad things. Peter Gardiner is my grandfather, and has left a legacy that has impacted my life, that has changed my life. A couple of years ago, he found a lump on his neck, and they told him that it was cancer, leukemia. So he went, the doctor told him, and his personality said to fight it. So he fought it, and he beat it. He went back again to a doctor, and they said, hey, Peter, your cancer came back. Round two, he beat it. And in March, he went to the doctor again, and the doctor said this time, hey, Peter, your cancer has come back a third time. And they said, no matter what, you won't beat it this time. That at the end of March, the doctor had said clinically that my grandfather was terminally ill. Meaning that this time that he wouldn't beat cancer. Meaning that no matter how hard he tried, no matter how hard he fought, that it wouldn't work. That there's nothing that they could do. They talked about experimental surgeries and experimental things where he'd have to spend weeks and months in a hospital. But ultimately it wasn't worth it, he decided. He decided. When life hit him the hardest, when life came to him and it said, hey, this is, what is, this is your fate. You have three or four more months left. He had the opportunity to do something called a bucket list. And he wrote down 10 or 11 things, I forget the exact number of things that he wanted to do before cancer beat him. Before death met him. And he wrote down these things. He wrote down one, that he wanted to see all of his children and his grandchildren again. And his great-grandchildren he wrote down, two that he wanted to see me again. I'm, the, I'm one of the only grandchildren that live really far away. A lot of my family's in the northeast in New York. But I'm one of the ones that moved way far away just to get away, I guess. No, but for real, he wanted to meet me. He wanted to see me again. He wrote down two other things. One, he wanted to see his youngest granddaughter ride a bike without training wheels for the first time. And the last thing he wrote down, it really was the first thing, he wanted to see one of his other granddaughters play in a softball game for the first time. When life met him, when death met him, he wrote down things about his family. He didn't write down that he wanted to travel to Europe. He didn't write down that he wanted to go all over the country and meet all these different things. He didn't write down that he wanted to spend all this money and buy this fancy new car. That none of the material possessions that the world tells us to chase, he didn't write one of those down. Not one. On July 6th, I'm sitting in the office with Evan actually and we're talking about something. And I got a phone call. On July 6th, 2015, my grandfather passed away. On July 6, 2015, my grandfather passed away. This weekend, I had the opportunity to go to his memorial service, to be a part of his memorial service in New York. And at a memorial service, what I love about it is that everyone gets up there and they talk, and they talk about how they loved him. Each one of the five of his children that he had, my mom included, they got up there and they talked about the way that they loved him. And the the way that he loved them, that his biggest thing that he had passed on was the way that he loved our family. The way he created our family, the way that he made our family all stick together. Up here, I have a part of, a part of his obituary, or the things that everyone wrote about him, and I, want, and I want to read it to you tonight. When talking about him, they said this. He was a craftsman and a builder, an avid Duke fan, a Giants fan, a lover of dogs and poetry, Peter's greatest love was his family, and he devoted his life to them through his honorable, loving actions on a daily basis. He passed away with grace and dignity, the same way he lived his entire life. He showed his love generously and often, never failing to remind us that family, love, laughter, and good friends are what matter. My grandfather left a legacy of love. He left a legacy... Loving people, loving our family. And what I love about a legacy is that, that when a legacy, you don't get to sit there and write. When they wrote this about him, he didn't get to sit next to it and say, hey, I don't really like that part. Don't write that in there or, or don't like this in there or don't do that. No, right, because a legacy, he's already passed. He doesn't have a say about his legacy. That a legacy is the direct result of the actions that he lived out on earth. It wasn't about what he said or what he did. but he, I mean, it wasn't about what he said, but it was, rather it was what he did, what his life showed. The second thing I like about a legacy and and hearing and learning all this this weekend, I like the fact that a legacy is not if you will have a legacy, that's not the question here. The question is not if you will have a legacy, but the question is, will you have a, or what will your legacy be? You don't have a choice in the matter. One day when death meets you, that that someone's going to stand up at your funeral or your memorial service and they're going to say, hey... They're going to talk about you and they're going to say, hey, this is what he was about. This was his legacy that he left behind. As they stood up there and they talked, I learned that this was real. That, that, that his funeral and his memorial service can, made me think that this was what real is life. What is life really about? Some of you have Instagram accounts. I have an Instagram account and I love it. I realize that Instagram is not real. And we've talked about this before. It's really not. We post all these things on Instagram about life. And I'm not bashing Instagram. I love Instagram. I use it all the time. I really do. I think it's a great way to share stuff. But a lot of it's not real, right? For instance, some of you might know this person, and I I don't support this person at all, but uh, Kylie Jenner had a birthday recently. And some of you are like, I don't know who that is, but I'm not following it. It's a lie. She's like one of the most followed people on all of Instagram. She has like 50 million Followers, honestly. It's crazy. I don't follow her, but I read this story. And it talked about on her birthday, on her 18th birthday, she got a brand new car. Right? A Ferrari. A $320,000 car on her 18th birthday. On my 18th birthday, my dad walked in my room and said, hey, here are bills. You can start paying for these. We messed up somewhere. I, I missed the boat here. I don't know. She got a car, and I had to pay bills, I guess. I didn't really have to pay bills. I probably did. I don't know. But uh, but for real, she got this car, right? And this is, so she posted this car on Instagram, right? She took a picture of it near a plane. I don't know why I know this. I do actually. I have a 19-year-old sister in the back. And she just told me this. She's going to say it's a lie. But she did. Okay, we'll stay with that. But honestly, so she posted a picture of this car, right? What she didn't post is maybe some of you have read this. And I don't know if it's true or not. I read it multiple times on different sites. We researched it. That the first time that Kylie Jenner got into her car that night, she got in the driver's seat and she was so ready to get it. And it's fast. If you know a Ferrari, it's fast. Tyga, I don't know his name. He sits in the, I don't know, I don't know if that's his name or not. That's how I say it. I might be wrong. But he sits in in the, the passenger seat. So they're in it for the first time. And she tramps on the gas pedal with nothing in front of her just to see how fast it can go. Not realizing that the car was in reverse and she hit the car behind her that was 30 feet behind her. She didn't post that on Instagram. Why? Because that's not fun and loving, right? She's upset that she crashed her car. She's not happy like her Instagram post. I realized after seeing all this that and being at my grandfather's memorial this weekend that, that, that this memorial service, that this funeral caused people to look at life in a real way. In Mark 12... This happens as well. A man is going to come up to Jesus and he's going to say, hey, Jesus, what, what, what commandment is the most important one? And maybe some of you have heard this story, but he's going to say, hey, which one of these is the most important? What he's really saying, what he's really saying is, hey, Jesus, if I do anything right in my life, if there's anything that I do right at all my life, which one should I do right? If I screw up all other nine of them, which one should I do right? Let's pick it up here in Mark chapter 12, verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Stop. One of the teachers of the law. The law has to do with these commandments that he's going to ask them about, right? About these rules that he's going to ask them about. It says one of the teachers of the law. I don't know if you know anything about teaching, but teachers are usually experts at the subject they teach. Like like you wouldn't ask me to teach you about knitting. Okay, I don't knit. So why would I teach you about it? I don't even know how to do it myself. Right? So this guy, obviously he knows the law. He knows the commandments. He knows a lot of what Jesus said, a lot of what the Old Testament taught. He's probably one of the leaders at the time of the law. And this is what he says to him. He said, Notice that, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, of all the commandments, which, of the, which is the most important? Which is the most important is what he asked. Then it continues on. The most important one, answer Jesus. Time out. This is a pet peeve of mine, okay. When someone, Michael's going to get on me here. But when someone asks you a question and then you answer with the same question, right. I do this all the time, right. Michael will be sitting in a meeting and he'll say, hey, what do you want to do on Sunday? And I'm like, well, what I want to do on Sunday is, and he gets up and he's like, why are you saying the question back to me? Hey, Jesus did it. <laughs> Jesus did it. That's my reason from now on. Jesus did it. But (laughs) continue on. He says, of all the commandments, which is the most important one? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. That That when life... When this, ferret, when this teacher of the law said, hey, what is the most important thing in life? Jesus said, hey, love the Lord your God. Right? He had the ability to say anything. He could have said any of the commandments. He, said, he could have said anything he wanted. And he said, hey, love the Lord your God. Jesus said that if you want to leave a lasting legacy... If you want your legacy, if you want them to talk about you the way, and take it from someone that they talk about a lot, that we talk about a lot. Jesus, he lived 2,000 years ago. We know this, right? We're still talking about his legacy. We're still talking about who he is, right? We're still talking about all the things that he's done and all the people that he loved. So if you want to leave a lasting legacy, Jesus' answered, said, love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. Like I said earlier, one of the things I love about legacies is that the person that's there that you're talking about doesn't get to, he doesn't get to say what's part of his legacy. That his life already lived it. And that's what I love about Jesus is, Jesus, hey, yeah, he talked about it right here for a second, but really the reason we remember his legacy is not because he talked about loving God, not because he talked about following God, but because why, he followed God, because he loved God, even to the point of death. That one of the scariest things in life that people walk into the death that Jesus loved God and followed God so much that he was obedient unto death, the Bible tells us. When I was hanging out with friends and family around a campfire, this, this, after the memorial service that night, we talked about my grandfather, the funny things and the sad parts and all those different things. And everyone kept saying the same thing. He loved our family and he loved his wife of 59 years. 59, pause, 59 years I'm going to, we just need to go ahead and start praying now for the person that gets me for 59 years. Okay? I don't even want to be with me for 59 more years. Can you imagine that? 59 more years with me. My mom and dad are in the back like, no way. Not me. <laughs> but 59 more years. That, that, that's, that's what they talked about, his love. We didn't talk about my grandfather's love because he talked about love. But like I said, we talked about it because he lived out love. The second part of this scripture, it says, continue on after loving. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second part, it says, the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. First, notice something. He didn't let the guy speak in the middle. He didn't let the teacher speak. It wasn't like, hey, this is number one and then this is number two. He said, no. You want to know what's most important in life? You want to know what's the most important thing? Love the Lord your God and then love your neighbor. He didn't separate them. It's not one is more than the other, but he combined them into. He said, this the, is the most important thing. These two things, loving the Lord your God and loving your neighbor. Whether it was a tax collector or a prostitute, or someone that was just disgusting in their sin. Jesus befriended those people. I'm amazed in the fact that every time you read in the Bible that Jesus befriends people that are not worthy of his love. That are not worthy of him to befriend. That people at that time, that this very teacher that is speaking that spoke here would say, hey, that's not right. You're messing up. You're doing the wrong thing. But Jesus loved his neighbor so much that he befriended those people. And then I think to myself... Jesus loved his neighbor so much that he befriended me. That he befriended me. Living this out, living out loving your neighbor can be so difficult at times. And for me it's two times. It really is two times. One, I just hate loving dumb people. You're like, what is he talking about? Dumb people. You tell me, I'll tell you two scenarios of dumb people. One is when I'm driving on the highway... Right, I'm on the highway and I'm in my nice Lamborghini that I just got, I guess. I'm in that Lamborghini, right, and I'm, in the, I'm on the highway and I'm saying, hey, I'm in the left lane. The speed limit is what, 65 we'll say, and I'm going like 65. I only go the speed limit, never go a mile per hour over. If you do, that's wrong. But So I'm going the speed limit, obviously. So I'm, on, I'm in the left lane and I get behind a car that is going 50 miles per hour in the left lane. I'm just like... First off, the speed limit is 65 and you're in the fast lane. If you don't drive yet, you'll realize, realize one day that the fast lane is the left lane. So if you drive slow, don't go in the left lane because that's where I want to go. where I'm just going the speed limit. But those people, in my mind, this is not nice, but they're dumb. They are. If you're in the fast lane, go fast. If you're in the slow lane, that's fine. I'm not going to drive over there. <laughs> the second person that I think of, when I, this is, these are people that are hard to love. It is very hard, but then guess what? Then God gets me, right? I pull up next to him and I'm like gonna fly by and be like, look at him angry. It's like a sweet grandma. And I'm like, darn it. (sighs) God, you got me. Dang it. I can't be mad anymore, right? It's sweet. If someone pulled up next to my grandma, mad, I'd be mad at them. I'd be like, you wanna fight? Don't talk to my grandma like that. For real, I would. The second person, the second person that it's hard for me to love is the person at Starbucks. That when you say your name and they spell it wrong. Like I have a simple name. I don't know if any of you notice or not, but my name is pretty simple. R-Y-A-N. So how come when I go to Starbucks they spell it R-I-A-N? No one spells it like that. But this is real life. This is practical. It's hard for me to love that person. It really is. I really struggle at times to love those people. But Jesus said if you want to leave a lasting legacy... If you want to leave something that's important and and a lasting in lifetime, if you want people to talk, if, if people are going to talk about you, this is what the things that they need to say. These are the things that people need to remember about you, to love your God and to love others. For me, it's loving that Starbucks person that messes up my name. Like I said earlier, the question is not will you leave a legacy, but the question is what will your legacy say? in order for us to leave a legacy that says, hey, I love God and I love my neighbors, if I love people around me, if I love the Starbucks driver, I love the grandma that drives slow in the left lane, in order for that to happen. And I think that would be a lot of our desires, right? A lot of our desires is when when the time ends, when our life here is over is to say, hey, I want my legacy to say those two things. That's what I want, I'll be honest with you, that's what I want my legacy to say. I want people when they talk about me at my funeral or at my memorial, I want them to say, hey, He loved God. He loved his family and his neighbors and all of his friends. That's the two things. I don't want them to talk about the Lamborghini that I drive. I don't want them to talk about any of those things. I want them to talk about me loving God and me loving my neighbor. When the teacher of the law, when he asked him that question, he wasn't ready for the response that he had. Why? Because he didn't understand. He didn't understand why he would say those two things. He didn't. Why? Because he didn't have a relationship with God. At the end of the day, when your life's over, when your legacy is over, when you, I mean, not when your legacy is over, when your life is over, in order for people to say about my life that I, need, that I loved God and I loved my neighbor, it has to first start with a relationship with God. If I don't have a relationship with God, then it is impossible for them to say those two things about my life. It is impossible. Some of you are sitting here and you're like, hey, Ryan, I want them to say that, that about my life. I want them to say that I loved God and that I loved people. But you're missing the relationship part of it. It is impossible for me in my own strength, in my own power to love that person that drives slow in the left lane or that person that messes up at Starbucks. In my power, in my strength, in my flesh, it is impossible. It is impossible. But when I tap into the power of God's love through my relationship with him, then I can live it out, loving my neighbor. I want you to bow your heads with me